This is Dr. Pedro Ramirez, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. And today I have the great pleasure of speaking with Dr. Florina Sanner. She is at University Hospital Bern in the Department of Gynecology. And the topic of this discussion is going to be the article titled Change of Fagotti Score is Associated with Outcome after neoadjuvant chemotherapy for ovarian cancer. Florina, thank you so much for accepting our invitation and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Pedro. It's a really big pleasure for me to highlight our research on ovarian cancer patients. Well, congratulations on this work. And once again, thank you for sending it to our journal. Um, I uh, wanted to start by asking you, um, you know, certainly the, the Fagotti score has been shown to be a prognostic indicator of outcomes in primary surgery setting, um, but here you're evaluating it in the interval saddle reduction setting. Um, why do you think that, uh, you know, certainly this is important to evaluate it in patients undergoing interval saddle reduction? So I'm sure you're aware that the Fagotti score is based on the laparoscopic assessment of the intra-abdominal disease extent, and it's really useful to predict complete surgical resection in the primary setting. Now, a laparoscopy after chemotherapy allows a direct visual evaluation of the tumor regression under chemo, and thus it also reflects the chemosensibility of the tumor. So we suppose that the Fagotti score after neoadjuvant chemotherapy is not only predictive for surgical resection, but also for the survival of women with ovarian cancer. And we presume that probably both the absolute Fagotti after neoadjuvant chemotherapy, but also the dynamic change of Fagotti score before and after chemo, which we named Delta Fagotti, are both useful prognostic markers. Excellent. And uh, Florina, I wanted to just uh, for, for our audience and those members who may not be as familiar with the Fagotti score, um, can you just briefly describe what the Fagotti score uh, means and what it entails? Oh, yes, of course. It, it is a score that Anna Fagotti and colleagues proposed in 2006. It's a laparoscopic index that is highly predictive for optimal site reduction at primary diagnosis of advanced ovarian cancer. And they, they named it predictive index value, but now it's more known to be the Fagotti score. It evaluates the several features of the intra-abdominal tumor load, such as peritoneal carcinomatosis, a um, gross diaphragmatic involvement, the omental cake, small bowel metastases, which require resection or ameliorary carcinomatosis, but also mesenteric root retraction, stomach infiltration, or liver surface metastases. And each of these features contribute two points of the score, resulting in a possible score range of 0 to 14. And, and one, one of the things that I think you know, many would often uh, question is, you know, what, why do you need a Fagotti score after neoadjuvant chemotherapy? Um, you know, certainly you alluded a little bit to this before. And, and you know, as I, as I mentioned, there are some who would argue and say, well, after neoadjuvant, I just do a, a CT scan. And based on that, then I uh, proceed with my management. So why did you think this was an important study to conduct now? So it is important because... 
the rate of women who are treated with new adjuvant chemotherapy for advanced ovarian cancer is raising globally. And, and as you know, several prospective randomized trials have shown a non-inferior survival after new adjuvant treatment with a lower surgical complexity and morbidity. So this really led to a paradigm shift towards new adjuvant treatment for women with bulky advanced fecal stage 3C or 4 ovarian cancer to have a low chance of complete upfront tumor resection. And another point is that we have learned that ovarian cancer is not a single tumor entity, but rather a heterogeneous group of molecularly distinct cancers, which only share the anatomical side, the ovary. And like this, I think a, a one-size-fits-all approach seems not very appropriate anymore for treatment of patients with ovarian cancer. So we desperately need valid biomarkers and prognostic tools to personalize counseling and treatment strategies of women with ovarian cancer. And now when you were putting together this study, um, what was your study design and uh, what did you consider was the uh, primary objective of the study? So the aim of the study was to investigate whether a change in the Fogotti score following new adjuvant chemotherapy, which we labeled Delta Fogotti, is associated with surgical resection status at interval debulking surgery, and also if it's associated with survival of women with advanced stage ovarian cancer. We performed a retrospective cohort study, including all women who underwent neoadjuvant chemotherapy for primary ovarian, peritoneal, or fallopian tube cancer at the University Hospital in Bern in Switzerland since 2012. So the University Hospital in Bern is one of the largest and, and the NESCO certified center for ovarian cancer surgery in Switzerland. And overall, we included 130 patients with neoadjuvant chemotherapy. Extracted Fogotti scores, a diagnosis, and after new adjuvant chemotherapy from the surgical reports, or if it was not indicated, we de determined it um, by reviewing all available photo and video documentation. We then analyzed the association of a Fogotti score after new adjuvant chemotherapy and the change in the score with surgical resection status at interval debulking surgery and with progression-free and overall survival of the women. Now, one of the things before we get into the results that I wanted to ask you um, was particularly about the diagnosis of progression. Um, I noticed you define recurrence as diagnosis of progressive tumor burden, but you also had a diagnosis of recurrence if a patient just had a increase in CA125. Can you tell us a little bit more as to the rationale as to why you did that? So we, we uh, usually discuss the follow-up strategies with our patients individually. And after counseling of the patients for the different follow-up modalities in practice, we often perform routine measures of CA125 after the primary therapy, mainly in a hope to diagnose the recurrence a bit earlier with a higher chance for a complete secondary debulking surgery. But we don't recommend three-monthly routine CA125 measures for everyone. So some patients really opt for imaging and measure of tumor markers only based on their symptoms. Now for the study, we um, based the diagnosis of a recurrence on either an increase in CA125 over 35 or on the progressive tumor burden seen on imaging. So 
both the criteria that are used for a diagnosis of a relapse in our cohort. Okay, and Florina, one more question on the uh, methodology. Um, you chose to use a Fagotti score of eight as the determining factor when most uh, institution today may say, well, we use a score of 10 uh, based on subsequent publications by Petrillo and the Fagotti group. Uh, why did you use eight versus 10? So actually, we don't really use eight as a determining factor. It was more a retrospective analysis where we saw that some of the patients who were treated with neoadjuvant chemotherapy actually had a score of eight. Um, and the higher uh, high tumor load, according to the score, is defined as a score of eight or more. So I agree with you that generally, also here in Bern, we proceed with primary debulking surgery in women with a score of up to eight. But we also include other factors such as patient comorbidities, their uh, eco performance status, or also the predicted number of anastomosis that we um, think would be necessary for a complete tumor resection to actually decide whether a patient should undergo primary debulking surgery or a neoadjuvant chemotherapy. Excellent. So uh, getting on to the results, you set out to determine if the change in the Fagotti score following neoadjuvant chemotherapy was a predictor of resection to no residual disease. What did you find? Yes, exactly. So first, we found that women in human R0 resection was achieved at interval debulking surgery. They really had a significantly higher delta Fagotti compared to patients with residual disease, or their mean delta Fagotti was minus 4.9. And women whose Fagotti score declined more than two points after chemotherapy survived significantly longer. So overall, we can say that the delta Fagotti tracks with outcome after neoadjuvant chemotherapy for ovarian cancer. Second, we also found that the absolute Fagotti score after neoadjuvant treatment strongly correlates with with a resection status at interval. So a score of six or lower had a positive predictive value of over 90% and a sensitivity of 98% for an R0 resection. And third, the Fagotti score after neoadjuvant chemotherapy was significantly associated with progression-free and overall survival. So we saw that women with a score of six or lower had a significant longer progression-free survival of 23 versus 10 months in median, and also a longer overall survival compared to patients with a persisting high score of eight or more. Excellent. So definitely a Fagotti score and a change in Fagotti score are associated with complete saddle reduction at interval debulking. Now, getting into some of the specifics, um, in the study, the rates of neoadjuvant chemotherapy were about 20%. I believe it was 18% to be exact. And some might say that this is quite low for neoadjuvant chemotherapy, given that mo most of what we see in the literature lately is uh, rates of neoadjuvant chemotherapy of 50%, in some cases, even up to 70 plus percent. So why, why was this the case in your study? How could this have impacted your results, um, because one could potentially postulate that, you know, certainly this is a, a perhaps a surgeon population that was uh, heavily underscoring so that they could proceed with that reduction. Uh, what are your thoughts? 
So to the first part of the question, I mean, the cohort includes patients who were treated in 2012 and the following year. So at the period where the role of new adjunct chemotherapy was not yet as dominant as it is nowadays. But we still think also now that the, pro, um, the primary debulking surgery should always be the main approach if an RC were, uh, resection seems achievable and the patient's health and frailty allow for a radical open surgery. So also in Bern, we see an upward trend for new adjuvant therapy. And then the more recent years, I would say that around 30% of our patients with advanced ovarian cancer undergo new adjuvant chemotherapy. So probably we're overall still quite a bit lower than the other uh, European centers. Now, so the second part of your questions, I mean, did you, did you mean if surgeons generally underscore so they can proceed with the progression uh, with the primary debulking or? Yeah, I think I think it's just the, you know, the, the question regarding the fact that generally, for example, when we uh, started doing the Fagotti score in our institution, um, if the surgeon was highly likely to favor surgery, uh, then they would score very low. Uh, yeah, yeah. six yeah. or four. And if somebody really liked to give new adjuvant chemotherapy, they would score, you know, 12 or higher. Uh, okay. So, so you know, the, basically the argument of like, you know, is, is it based on the true Fagotti score or the surgeon's bias towards mm -hmm. wanting doing that surgery? Okay. Okay. So I understand, but I don't really think this was a problem here because the Fagotti score is really based on distinct features and clear features. So it has a high reproducibility. And we saw this also in our study where two of our surgeons independently reassessed the scores for our cohort. And we found a, a high concordance of the scores and the inter-observer varia variability so was really low. And in yeah. daily practice here in Bern, we have the four eyes principle, meaning that during um, diagnostic laparoscopy, the decision whether to proceed with debulking surgery or with new adjuvant chemotherapy is always taken by two surgeons. Yeah. Additionally, we also analyzed the RC resection rate in the overall cohort of our patients with ovarian cancer and with the primary debulking surgery. And we saw that this also the R0 uh, resection rate is quite high with around 80% and an optimal debulking rate of around 90% of less than one um, centimeter residual chemo left behind. So I think generally our assessment of the disease extent and the stratification for the treatment approach seems quite adequate. Excellent. Um, now, one of the things that I mentioned before was this issue of do you really need a laparoscopy? at interval setter reduction. And one of the arguments that has been made in the interval setting in assessing the Fagotti score is that many will say, well, you know, a, a CT scan often is, is already a very good tool to determine whether one is able to get to R0. Um, so then the question is, should the Fagotti score be performed on all patients? or only in patients where the scan does not provide a clear and conclusive evidence for the decision-making? 
Yeah, I mean, I agree, of course, the decision to proceed with an attempt for interval debulking surgery should always be based on the disease burden according to RICE's criteria on imaging and also mark decrease of CA125 during neoadjuvant chemo. But a direct visual assessment, so a, a diagnostic laparoscopy is still more reliable to evaluate the treatment response and the chance for a complete surgical tumor resection. And further, a diagnostic laparoscopy provides a unique opportunity to take biopsies and check for a histological treatment response. So I think also the Fagotti score should be assessed in all women showing a complete or at least partial response to neoadjuvant chemotherapy according to the imaging and TA125. Excellent. And one of the questions also is that you looked at delta change. Um, and is there a a one particular delta change where there is most correlation of prediction of R0? Or do you feel that it is more based on the absolute Fagotti score? So the delta Fagotti score had a strong correlation with resection status at interval debulking surgery, but it's actually more reflective for chemosensitivity as it indicates the dynamic change happening during new adjuvant treatment. And it can only be determined if the Fagotti score at primary diagnosis was assessed and is known. So the Delta Fagotti score is an important new measure, more for the underlying tumor biology. On the other hand, the absolute Fagotti score at interval is easy to assess, and we found that it is highly predictive for surgical resection, resection status. So if the score drops to six or lower, an R0 resection was achieved in more than 90% of the women, and in case of persisting high scores of over six, the majority of patients had gross residual disease left. Excellent. Now, I know your study was not about the approach of the interval set reduction, but as you know, the LANS trial is evaluating open versus minimally invasive surgery prospectively for interval surgery. Based on what you've learned here, what are your thoughts regarding the actual approach to interval surgery, uh, minimally invasive or open? <laughs> I'm very happy that you mentioned the LANS trial, which is so important to see if we can offer really the microinvasive uh, approach for some of our patients. So in the LANS trial, um, patients are included if they show a complete or partial response to new adjuvant chemotherapy based on imaging and the normalization of CA125, and they are randomized to either minimal invasive surgery or open into debulking. And based on our findings, I'm convinced that the Fagotti score at interval debulking surgery is an additional very important marker that would allow or support the stratification of patients for either a laparoscopic um, debulking surgery. And, and actually, it would be great if the Fagotti score after new adjuvant chemotherapy would routinely be assessed during the LANS trial. This would help us to maybe find a cutoff to identify the patients in whom a minimal invasive interval debulking is feasible and oncologically safe. So to add, shout out to all the authors of the LANS trial, please, please assess it. <laughs> You're speaking to one of them, yes. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. You mentioned that nearly 80% of European centers use diagnostic laparoscopy, yet 
only about 30% actually do a laparoscopic scoring. Um, why, why are they uh, then not using the laparoscopy for scoring? Uh, is, is it that they just feel, well, by laparoscopy, you don't need a score. You can just tell whether I can proceed to R0 or not. What, what are your thoughts on that? So this is a very, very good question. And I was really surprised to read it when I when I saw this and got a questionnaire trial. So 80% of the centers in Europe used laparoscopy either in selected, uh, selected cases or as also routinely. And the majority of those based their decision to proceed on the personal opinion or evaluation of the surgeon. I mean, for sure, this is a really important point to include as well, but I think there is a huge need to implement more objective scores into daily practice. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll do a follow-up to that. And, uh, you know, the, the question of whether we actually do need um, a score. And, and in fact, actually, we, we were doing a study um, looking at whether it's not just a number, but also just a yes or no. You know, and, and many surgeons will tell you, I put in the scope, and I don't need to give you any score. I only need like a few seconds and I'll tell you, yes, this is not doable or yes, this is doable. Um, so do you, do you think that we really need a score at all? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so we discussed before that the direct visual assessment of the Fagotti score um, is more reliable to predict our zero resection compared to, let's say, for example, imaging alone. And the score helps to objectify the tumor burden, which then also allows a comparison of different cohorts and to, to define a cutoff that is um, really objective. But additionally, as I said, the before the laparoscopy um, has this uh, opportunity also gain biopsies compared to imaging alone. And yeah. So now Florina, you, you obviously, you studied these patients uh, closely um, and you saw what the results are after three cycles. And then, as you know, now not just physicians, but patients also are asking, well, if you have really good results after three cycles, why not just keep going and give six cycles and then really increase your odds of proceeding with an R0 resection? Uh, what are your thoughts on this question? Perhaps the delta will even be even more favorable after six cycles rather than after three. So I would not at all agree with this argument and with this approach. As a gynec surgeon, we can only remove the macroscopically visible tumor. And it's clear that also after our zero resection, we will always leave behind some cancer cells in the peritoneal cavity. So it's really important to achieve an R0 resection, but without the following chemotherapy, the chance for a relapse is really higher. And also we have seen in previous studies that a substantial proportion of long-term survivors actually had incomplete surgical tumor resection, and then afterwards a very favorable response to chemotherapy. So it's the combination of a radical surgery and chemotherapy which matters. So overall, I really think that patients who show a partial or a complete response to neoadjuvant chemotherapy and the R0 resection seems achievable based on their faculty score in the interval um, setting. One should always proceed with debulking surgery followed by adjuvant chemo. 
Excellent. Um, now, what are what are some of the limitations of your study? And and if you were going to design future studies to evaluate this question, how would you do it differently? Hmm. So the main limitation of this study is the retrospective evaluation of the Fagotti score. The routine assessment of the score in our institution was implemented only in 2019, so the score for earlier surgeries were determined retrospectively. And the lack of some photo or video documentation may have resulted in an underestimation of the score. But on the other hand, we had a consistent evaluation by two independent surgeons for the overall cohort. And for the other um, second part of your question, so a future study should include a prospective evaluation of both Delta Fagotti and the absolute Fagotti score after new administrative treatment and the validation of the association that we found for our zero resection survival. So depending on the results of the LANS trial, I would definitely see in which patients we can proceed with a laparoscopic debulking surgery. And I presume that in, win in women with a high delta Fagotti or a low absolute Fagotti score after new admin treatment, a laparoscopic approach might be a safe alternative to open surgery. But again, this should be evaluated prospectively. Excellent. So I wanted to ask you one last question. Um, based on the results of your study, have you and your institution made any changes in terms of your practice? So our results clearly indicate that the Fagotti scores are very valuable for an individualized patient treatment planning and patient counseling as well. And it should be routinely assessed at time of interval debulking surgery. As a consequence, we have now implemented an evaluation of the Fagotti score, not only at primary diagnosis, but also at time of interval debulking. In patients with a persistent high score of eight or more after neoadjuvant treatment, we only proceed to laparotomy in selected cases. Excellent. So thank you so, so much once again for this opportunity to discuss this uh, important study and this important topic. Um, I think that more and more, I think a number of institutions are looking at the laparoscopic assessment prior to interval surgery. I certainly, I, I, I know I do. Um, and particularly when there is uh, doubt with regards to what the imaging shows. So congratulations for uh, putting the study together. Thank you for sending it to uh, to our journal. And uh, congratulations to the rest of the authors as well for their work. Thanks a lot, Pedro. And thanks again for your kind invitation to record this, this uh, podcast and actually highlight our, our studies. And I look forward to the results of the LANS trial to see if we can <laughs> proceed more laparoscopically with the, at interval. Thank we, you again, we, Pedro. <laughs> my, my pleasure. Thank you so, so much.